Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Sean Weiner. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in. As always, welcome to the final week of our listener request month. It is the final week, right? Yeah, we're done with this. Yep. Yeah? That's it? Yeah, we're done. We're done with it. We're totally done with it. And uh, to send us on our way was Bryce from Detroit who had this to say. Hey, guys. Uh, This is Bryce calling from Detroit, Michigan. I'm coming in just under the wire here, but I really want to request a... uh, Gem from 1993. Uh, this travesty, travesty goes by the name of Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I'm kind of going at this in a different direction because this is kind of like a beloved movie, but um, I think it's high time it had its cup up its on your show. And plus, I think it's a good time to get like Rob Williams on your show for the first time. So, uh, anyway, hope you guys consider it. Um, I don't think I need any more reasons other than, you know, Rob Williams being a lunatic uh, around children. <laughs> Uh, anyway, thanks. Love the show, guys. Bye. All right, Bryce. We'll play your game. 1993's Mrs. Doubtfire, directed by Chris Columbus. <laughs> I think we owed Detroit a little something after that RoboCop remake. So we're like, come on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bad movie? It's a bad movie. I think it's a bad movie. You saw it. We saw it. No, we I didn't, it. but I just... I Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's a trailer. My uh, my love for uh, dread makes me want that movie to be good. Like it's this new you want kind to be of dread. smaller. Yeah, I want it to be dread. Well, I my love for dread just makes me want that dread sequel. Yeah, more dread. <laughs> just more dread. Pile don't on just, the dread. Don't replace it with black armored Robocop. Just give me more dread. Uh, that's his SWAT mode. Oh, get the fuck out of here! Is that his that. mood armor from After Earth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when Robocop's horny, he turns brown. <laughs> And he's always horny. Uh, this is, this is a, um, a nostalgia buster episode that we like to do every so often. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. a real, it's a real open your eyes. Maybe. I mean, I think yes. it's going to be pretty divisive out there because yeah. people love this movie. I had this movie. I've watched this movie 191 times. Yeah. I own the soundtrack score CD to this movie, <laughs> wow. which, which was, which was nothing but orchestrations. And then Papa's got a brand new bag. <laughs> Wait, they didn't have rights to all of the other songs? Nope. It was <sighs> just a bunch of instrumental shit with, uh, with titles like, uh, getting on the trolley car. <laughs> and, you know, like other things you do in San Francisco, I guess. That I guess that's a, a famous, good way. Yeah. I guess it's a good way to sneak a, a fat white kid a copy of James Brown. <laughs> I'm just like, hey. <laughs> That was a famous thing with um, soundtracks in the 90s, remember? Because you'd, you'd listen and you'd hear all these great tunes, and you're like, eh, I can't get them individually. I'm going to get them all on this <laughs> mega mix of, oh, soundtrack music. Yeah, you got shafted. I also had the, uh, the soundtrack to uh, the Michael J. Fox film Life with Mikey. Wow. For no fucking reason. There was nothing on there. <laughs> Why? Because I liked the movie, and sure. it was like, wow, well, I you like the movie, give- I like the soundtrack. <laughs> you have to give them your money in any way possible. <laughs> Just throw away my parents' money any way I could. <laughs> we, were, we were teetering on a recession. I guess you were doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is well, then the we, way. Get, we got that Clinton surplus like two years later. So <laughs> yeah. it's all, it's it's all, all because of you and your fucking soundtracks. I saved the economy. I want to thank all the fat kids for buying soundtracks to movie they like. <laughs> Even Sorry. if there weren't any pop songs on them, you just bought the instrumental tracks like a dumbass. <laughs> we fooled you. <laughs> so, Mrs. Doubtfire, a.k.a. the most terrifying film <laughs> of all time, man. I mean, you know what? We don't have to go into what this is. We all know what Mrs. Doubtfire is. But I think if you haven't watched the movie in a while or you haven't seen that expertly made fake trailer turning it into the horror film that it is, you might not remember how just totally twisted this movie is. It's, and it's really twisted. It's wrong and the movie doesn't know that it's wrong. The movie thinks it's really sweet and it's like... This is what we have to do in modern America when we get divorced. How are we going to see our kids? How are our dads going to see our kids? It's that way. It's one of those movies that makes you reflect on the adults watching it in the 90s should have known better. Like, as children, we were kind of young. We were kind of like, oh, yeah, we're just dealing with it. We accepted it (laughs) Mm because it was a silly world and this was a silly dad and everything would be fine. But the adults should have been like, holy shit. This is not good. Oh, the morals are all over the place. Guaranteed, we rented this movie at my house, and my dad walked in and was like, oh, what the fuck is this shit? And just walked out, because an adult can instantly perceive how insane and wrong this movie is. And we're just like, yay, Robin Williams! <laughs> well, this is after Aladdin, and we're all, all oh, of us little oh, kids. Yeah. Still high on the genie. Buying that ticket, you know, just anything he wants to do, he's got the lifetime pass. He's the one guy in Hollywood that's ever had that, like, like it, he does decent imitations sometimes, <laughs> but he has his whole career. People don't actually listen to his imitations, no. impersonations anymore. They don't. So he just rattles through them, and people are like, he's a maniac. Look <laughs> at how many he can do. Just let it go. Chris Columbus had three cameras on him just in case they missed one. Come on. But it's just like, if you really break down what's going on, it's Middle Eastern guy, <laughs> Hispanic-sounding dude, Mediterranean cab driver, like rap artist, yeah. quote-unquote, <laughs> and then all the celebrities before 1975. And that's it. Which is an amazing... He does a lot of Jewish. Yeah, he loves yeah. Jewish. He's good at Jewish. In this movie, is he supposed to be Jewish? If Harvey Firestein's his brother, you, you can't. No, that, yeah. just, but that's what's... I mean, this movie... Movie is so ridiculous. Like, there's no way the two of them are brothers. Like, how does Harvey Firestein have this insane New York? Oh my oh goodness, my here it comes. The New York accents, and he's the one. He defies the rule. Every working class character that you meet in this <laughs> movie, the cop, the bus driver, they all talk with a New York accent as if New York is just providing the entire nation with the working class <laughs> like they do. <laughs> just populating them. I imagine if Robin Williams and Harvey Firestein are later are actual brothers in this movie, their parents had to be triples, like enormous triples. <laughs> just they were born from a hairy womb and just... <laughs> They're the two hairiest actors in history, possibly. I think you might be right. <laughs> I guess there's an interesting thing that Robin Williams had a Harvey Firestein impression mm. in his act that oh, yeah. Harvey Firestein appreciated. So, like, when they were doing this movie or whatever, and he saw the casting call for, like, needs... Yeah, whatever to play his brother, he was like, oh, my God. Like, he asked Robin Williams for the role. That sounds about right. But it's just like... What range, One, one person's by the way. walking around talking like this. <laughs> 
And the other person is just doing this. Oh, it's the Harvey Firestein. Not enough Harvey Firestein in this movie. Harvey Firestein is hands fucking down the best part of this Mm -hmm. movie. Is he? Well, man, it's just a horrible generalization. Is he the Martin Short of this Father of the Bride series? You know, like you just sort sort of enjoy this wacky. He's not nearly as wacky, though. No, he's not. He's he's actually a pretty. He's the straight man, which is what you need in this movie. He is the straight man, though, when they. Portray gay people in any time before the year two thousand. It's the gayest, most flamboyant oh, oh. cartoon relationship. It's nineteen ninety three. So when he and his boyfriend are on screen, the fucking house has to burn down with all the flame. <laughs> like that's just what's going on. Because you you can't just have a dude who's like, all right, well, me and my boyfriend will make this latex mask and give you this old lady bodysuit and 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 have you go on your way. It's got to be like. Listen up, everybody! Like, just so the world fucking knows that there's gay characters. Yeah, it's you so obnoxious. You can't let him have a job at the bank. He has to be a Hollywood makeup oh, artist. Oh, yeah, no, he is the most sought-after makeup artist. No <laughs> bank teller, thank you, anyway. It's not even like Independence Day when he's, when he's working at that cable station with uh, Jeff Goldblum <laughs> doing something. Is he he's, Jeff Goldblum's brother as well? No, no he's, he's the boss. He's just like the boss. manager yeah. of the, the cable network. I believe Harvey Firestein is just... Judd Hirsch's son over Jeff Goldblum. I'm just oh, saying. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. They're very similar mm-hmm. facial features. I, and, you know, the weird thing about this movie is when we're, we're talking about gay... Uh, we're talking about gay stuff, sure. Uh, is, hey, we're talking about gay stuff. Uh, you guys talking about gay stuff? Wait, is this a podcast about gay stuff? So you can turn it off if, if you want to, I guess. But... <laughs> This isn't that movie normal where it's like, you know, Tom Tom Wilkinson is a trans woman and the family has to deal with it. And it's all all sorts of interesting questions. No, this guy is a manipulative con artist that wants to ruin Sally Field's life and succeeds. Oh, yeah. And that's it. It's this got movie to would do be with- great if it was about – because at the beginning of the movie, you're kind of realizing, oh, when Robin Williams is a man – and living in the world as a man, he's a horrible human being and a cancer on society. But mm. when he's an old lady, he actually finds himself and is happy. <laughs> Maybe this is about him becoming... There's that joke where he's like, I want to be a woman. And Harvey, Harvey Firestein's like, finally. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. And you're kind of like, maybe there's some backstory there. Maybe Harvey's been thinking about this. Our parents, the Herculoids, will be so proud. <laughs> Oh, I'd love it. That's the backstory you need. Then Cousin It just shows up. (laughs) Oh, man. See, that's what you need. Mrs. Doubtfire Cross with the Addams Family movie. I'd watch it. But yeah, you're right. And it's trying to do that thing. And it kind of does that a couple times in this movie, which is total bullshit. Like at the end, the, the judge has this little like super conservative speech about how what lifestyle we should be promoting. Yeah, that's like, yeah, no, fuck you, this movie. Yeah, He's a con yeah. artist and a creep. Yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. like, you use the word lifestyle like you're making it a gay thing. Yeah. And I'm sorry, your honor, but that's not what's going on here. <laughs> what you're dealing with is one of the greatest con artists in the history of crime. And there are children involved. Exactly. Three of them. This dude is getting the chair. If not the chair, <laughs> listen, Alcatraz is right there. <laughs> Reopen it? <laughs> Yeah, reopen the entire island. You of have one inmate. Well, no, it would be great for the tours that go through. I saw So I Married an Axe Murderer. I know Phil Hartman's given that tour, and there's no criminals in the cells. Put Robin Williams in the cell, so it's like this is what it's like to live on the Rock. It'd be great because then, then the movie The Rock would happen, and he would die from VX gas. <laughs> 
<laughs> which is deserving. Oh, oh, it's getting a little green jelly in here. Oh, 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 yeah, well, oh, oh. after getting boned by Sean Connery. <laughs> you're a what? <laughs> you're, a, you're a what? Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, speaking of messages in this movie, we open up with him just ranting and raving a, a, a big anti-smoking commercial. For what reason? He like, gets fired for hating smoking in a cartoon. And he's in. he's doing like a, a real cartoon. It, it looks like it was Done, probably done by Chuck Jones, if I, if I really had to guess. Yeah, yeah. Or someone copying Chuck copying Jones, because it. it's not a real Looney, Looney Tunes. Tunes. No, no, no. But it's it's like a fake Looney Tunes thing. and He's singing fucking Figaro. Oh, man. And he's, and he's Mel Blanc. He's doing all the voices. Every he's last doing time. all the voices at the same fucking time? It, yeah, really? Does, does not make any sense. Well, is he's live? Doing, is he doing live yeah, cartoons? <laughs> It's uh, very strenuous on the animator's hands. <laughs> well, that's that's the other weird thing, right? Is uh, you know, you don't. That's not how you do cartoon. No. Like you do the voices, and they animate around your inflections and things you say and shit like that. So that's why when he starts going off, like he's singing Figaro. Figaro comes to an end, and like the cat is like lighting up a cigarette, and he's gonna kill the bird or whatever the yeah, fuck. It's like the, the bird's getting a last cigarette, like last rites. Oh kind yeah, of, the yeah, bird yeah. wants to enjoy the cigarette. Yeah, he's then, about to die. Let him enjoy his cigarette. And then it's just Robin. Williams like oh ah, smoking's really bad uh, oh, oh oh I'd rather get eaten by this by this cat than get lung cancer and you're like shut the fuck up how about that character this Daniel takes, whatever you are this takes me back to Hillard I think this oh, yeah, takes me, Hillard this takes yeah me Hillard back. a nice Jewish name <laughs> <laughs> this takes me back to when I was a kid watching the movie I remember thinking that the opening of this film mm-hmm. was phenomenal oh it's got a cartoon i didn't know i was gonna get a cartoon sure and i'm in cartoon town i just know that when the smoking thing came up it was just like i just tuned out and went to get like another bowl of teenage mutant ninja turtle cereal or so i was just like oh well this is boring now oh he's not he's not singing an opera as a as a bird anymore i guess i'll not pay attention oh what is it an anti-smoking thing whatever but also like we were way on this that would never happen a kid's cartoon like it happened in old looney tunes like they would smoke cigarettes all the time and like you know fucking you know do lines or whatever else was going on (laughs) those are the uh the early 80s looney tunes (laughs) it's a real mess of a time at warner brothers daffy duck would just not come to set (laughs) but but no we were we were into the smoking thing you could never get a a cigarette past past cartoons but like apparently in this world you can and all like these guys are smoking in the uh in the recording booth so many people are smoking oh yeah he's like He's like, what do you guys think about my smoking riff? And they're just like three stone-faced smokers. Like, but it's also like, yeah, you're right. That's not how you do cartoons because it's like, all right, we're going to do the line, uh, get, get, it, get away from that cat. We'll do it 24 times and then we'll move on to the next one. He's just doing it over the thing like it's, yeah, nice. like it's live. It's bizarre. Doing it live. It's like a fucking Orson Welles radio broadcast. Hey, right. It's like it's like bringing in like, well, we're going to have Charlie Chaplin screening tonight, so we're going to bring in a pianist. It's like, <laughs> no, we're going to have this entire feature cartoon screening. Let's bring in Robin Williams. Oh, man. You just gave me an idea of the most obnoxious thing you could do to people. <laughs> oh, my God. Play a Charlie Chaplin movie and then have Robin Williams just riff all of the dialogue. Oh, my God. How horrible would that be? Who would show up for that? Everybody, and then everybody would want refunds. <laughs> yep. It's like an, an evening with Robin Williams. Well, that sounds harmless enough. So you quit your job, right? That's the first start of your day. And then you want to further wedge a, uh, further wedge a wedge between your wife and your children. Because it's your little, your little boy's boyfriend. Uh, boyfriend. 
not, not yet. Uh, it's your little boy's birthday. He's twelve. He's just turned twelve. Played by Matthew Lawrence. The older daughter is the older daughter in Independence Day. Randy Quaid's older daughter, whoever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the youngest daughter is Mara Wilson from Matilda. Something else. Something else really big. Uh. Keep wanting to say hook, but that ain't right. No, it's not hook. It's, not hook. it's Matilda. This maybe it'll come to us. She's one of the precocious five-year-olds, like a la Jerry Maguire. The human heads weighs eight pounds. Like yeah, we yeah. saw a lot of Jerry these, Lipnicky. like yeah, 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 like Jonathan Lipnicky. Oh, I apologize, Jonathan, who's now like this ripped bodybuilder. You, just you to would give have us to be. all nightmares. <laughs> I prefer uh, Doey Haley Joel Osment. That's the best thing of all time. <laughs> He's been getting a lot of credit on that uh, that IFC miniseries. Oh, that one where it's like a fake uh, Gone with the Wind or whatever. Yeah, it's like a fake uh, like family soap opera thing. Like they would air, yeah, yeah. like the Thornbirds and yeah. shit like that. He's supposed to be really funny on that show. I what? haven't checked it out yet. But so you just you quit your job, putting your family in a financial bind. Now let's ha- have the most inappropriate birthday party in history without the mother. Like he doesn't even. He's not asking the mother. Like. When a kid's birthday comes up, I, I imagine, and you, you're in a fucking relationship with your wife, you're like, okay, what are we going to do for the kid's birthday? Right. What, when are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? That's what we're going to do. And it's, it's like, bir- you wonder yeah. why you're getting fucking divorced, by the way. Yeah. It's like, she's clearly said, like, I want to have, I'm going to get a cake, I'm going to get a present, and that's his birthday. And you have House of Pain in a petting zoo. Well, not House of Pain live. That <laughs> no, would have no. been kind of cool. That would be pretty cool. But you're blaring House of Pain, and there's a petting zoo, like... Yeah. You're getting fucking divorced if this is your track record. Let's just rewind to his son's uh, reaction to the birthday party. He's like, well, I've got a little birthday surprise for you. And his son goes, a stripper? He goes, oh, no. And then his son goes, two strippers? Yeah, that's right. It's like, oh, your sisters are right next to And then I don't remember what the line is, but Robin Williams has some kind of like... Something about like, oh, not with the girls around or yeah. something like that. And it's like, no, how about just a definitive no 12-year-old? You can't have a stripper <laughs> for a never. birthday. It's really important that we know that this kid's heterosexual, though. That this kid has all right. the, the right heterosexual. Got to hit it right from the beginning. Don't worry. This kid's going to be fine. I got you a stripper, but I didn't get you a stripper, but I got you the next best thing. Farm animals. <laughs> like, who wants farm animals? And is it like a last second farm animal ordering? It seems like it must be. The whole be. thing's supposed to be last second because he was supposed to be voicing the second and third (laughs) act of that film live the rest of that cartoon opera had to get dubbed (laughs) by the way she was also in uh, the miracle on 43rd 34th street remake that's the big one and then some dog shit thing called the simple wish in 1997 that was sort of about it yeah, so Sally Field comes home with probably a great cake and a really nice present. A soccer cake. A soccer. He loves soccer. Sure. And, of course, Robin Williams is rap dancing on the fucking coffee table. And he she's like, is in a house filled with children. Oh, and yeah. Him. And that, to me, there is not one chaperone in that place. No. Yeah. Where did you wrangle all these kids from? <laughs> Like, did you Last get second. kids off the street? Like, hey, come on. You want to see some farm animals? Did you come s- inside? You can pet my pony. <laughs> did you cancel <laughs> baseball practice at the junior high? Yeah, practice is now happening in Robin Williams' living room. God. <laughs> Ew. It's really, it is. No, it is like a, it's a situation where Robin Williams is having way too much fun with children. Absolutely. And it feels weird. It is. Well, it's developmentally weird because, like, you're not. You, 
everybody wants a fun dad that like really gets along with the kids, loves to play with them, and blah blah blah. But they have to also have an adult mode and be like, oh, but like I'm just really good with my own kids. I'm not having fun with any old kid that comes around. Right. <laughs> There's a difference there. Like, I am really suspect of anybody who is just like, I just love children. Mm. It's like, no. You can love your kids. That's cool. You can you can be good with children. Right. If you're you know, a teacher, you could be a teacher or, or yeah. you know, a nurse or whatever. Yeah, fine. You're good with children. You don't get to love all children, Robin Williams. <laughs> no, it's true. You think of like um like elementary school or substitutes that you had that you knew weren't good teachers. Yeah, because they they just want to hang out with you in class. You're like. That's fine with me as a child, <laughs> yeah, but I know you're not doing a good job. And I know that your bank your bank account's in a mess right yeah. now. <laughs> Get it together, to Mr. Wildly. <laughs> wow, slam on Mr. Wildly out of nowhere. <laughs> he let us play two-hand touch in the classroom. <laughs> yeah, Come that guy on. that guy's not an educator. No. So they, you know, Sally Field has to be the fucking police of this thing again. And you know that this is the fourth conversation they've had about it this month. Where she divorces him, and she's like, look, you know, we've talked about this and talked about this. I'm always the bad guy. You fucking have a horse in my fucking house. <laughs> you quit your job. That was a that was a $100,000 assignment. That was going to be next summer's big animated movie, and now you're out. <laughs> like, so. he, he just quit Aladdin. Like, <laughs> like, that's what just happened. He quit Aladdin. He was voicing every role in Aladdin. <laughs> and that's going to suck, yeah, for the, that production. Like, holy shit, we need to get 12 actors now. We lost Robin Williams. <laughs> we also know that if Robin Williams had voiced off Aladdin, he would have hit Jafar out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would have been downright offensive. They wouldn't have been <laughs> so able to open offensive. that. Well, you know what? It probably would have featured a little bit of his Gandhi accent, oh, which God. we get earlier in the movie, where like the guy, it's back of the smoking thing when the dude is like, uh, you know, save your Gandhi speech for another day. And he's like, well, I hope I don't get fired. And I'm like, shut <laughs> the fuck up again. Listen to what you're doing. It's fucking horribly racist. By the end of the birthday party, the impersonation count mm-hmm. is easily at 25 already. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's he meets with his kids who are far too happy to see him after school. I mean, I've mm-hmm. ne- I no. came home after a year of not seeing my parents and I was like, hey, you know, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, daddy. Yeah, no. And then he nails each of them. With a different impersonation. It's impossible their, their to keep Their favorite impression, Sean. God. It's, it's impossible to keep track of. The, like, it's just, it's one sentence in one impression, and then the next sentence, it's a different voice. And this happens through almost the whole, like, until he becomes Mrs. Doubtfire, and then finally it fucking stops. Because <laughs> he just has to keep up the one voice. But before that, it's like... There's like 40 fucking people inside that brain. We're going to get there to my least favorite scene in the movie, which is exactly that. And <laughs> so they get divorced. And like, here's the thing, Sally Field. I, I bet on you. Go into the bedroom, lock the door, get divorced. Don't do it in the living room with the kids right. on the banister being like, oh, shit. Oh, man. The same place we wait for Santa is the place we also found out our parents are getting divorced forever. <laughs> Uh, and he's like totally shocked and is upset. too shocked, too, way too shocked, way yeah. too shocked, dude. If you didn't see this coming, Robin Williams, I don't, I can't. You probably help you. haven't had sex in months. You've been fighting all the time. Like he you makes know, a crack about that in front of the fucking kids. By I'm the way, I'm sure he does. It's one of the times where she like visits his bachelor apartment to pick the kids up, mm-hmm. and she says like something about the bedroom, and he's like, oh, not like there was anything going on in there. And I'm like, 
your kids are like six feet away eating cold Chinese food. <laughs> Can you fucking take that out of the conversation, please? So next scene is the custody hearing, which happens really fast, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that usually takes a couple years, but, you know, whatever. Uh, it's the custody hearing, and, you know, uh, she gets sole custody with him getting visitation rights because she has a job and isn't a fucking man-child. And that makes sense. And she has the house. Like, hey, the funny thing is that the judge goes, uh, which would never happen. He's like, well, usually these cases favor the mother greatly. But in this case, holy shit. (laughs) I have seen some open and shut cases in my storied 50-year career as a judge. But they're like, all right, for 90 days, you know, you have to get a job. You have to get an apartment. Like, you're out on your ass. I mean, she was a sole breadwinner, clearly. So you have you have to go find find out how to be an adult, and then maybe you can split custody. That'd be nice. And yeah. the, and the movie tries to sell that to us as if it's like, whoa, that's a lot. It's like no, this is an adult <laughs> male who's doing fine. Yeah. White male living in one of the most expensive cities in the world. <laughs> yeah, he can hold down a job, and he's a voice actor, Sean. That's not something you step into accidentally. No. No, that's you're not- right. A, I, a cartoon voice actor, not like if he was doing like shitty regional commercials and he lost the gig. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, that sucks. This is a fucking Warner Brothers production. It's a gold mine. It's a, <laughs> in 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 our experience in like entertainment stuff. I've heard twice. If you can do voice acting, do that. Yeah, like it, because you can do it in your pajamas, mm-hmm. which is all that Robin Williams wears. <laughs> and the funny thing is, he apparently doesn't have an agent. The next scene should be him going to Morty and being like, "Hey, Morty, get me the next gig." And Morty like, ah. played by Robin Williams. <laughs> oh, now we're getting into Eddie Murphy territory. <laughs> it's fucking thin ice. You know from what there, we're getting friend. into, and maybe this is uh, what's his name? Uh, well, I guess there's a Full House comparison because they pretty much live in the same house as Full House in the same. Yeah. But Uncle Joey, Dave Coulier, Dave in Dave Coulier's uh, uh, web series. Do you oh, remember man. that thing? Yeah. Can't get arrested. Can't get, can't get arrested. He plays his own agent oh, who is yeah. talking into a webcam <laughs> that is Oof. made. A fisheye lens so that his nose is ginormous. Oh, I guess. <laughs> it is so uncomfortable. There's- Maybe that joke flies in Canada, Dave Coulier. <laughs> <laughs> there is an alternate Anti-Semitic universe. Anti-Semitic Canada. <laughs> like we know. There's an alternate universe where Dave Coulier is Robin Williams. And that, that just, it's a sad story. I think him. that alternate universe is Canada. <laughs> it entirely might be. Well, no. I mean, the, the impression level, Dave Coulier doesn't hold the candle to Robin Williams. No. No, he's not nearly as I don't know. I think he might. I think he just doesn't have the confidence. Is that the beaver? <laughs> and Bill Murray. The beaver? <laughs> I think he's got, Wait, he's like got a, a Bill Murray dude. impression. Always would do Bill Murray and Caddyshack. Like right. the, oh, he would do Carl Spackler. Yeah. Let me tell you something. People who, independent of anything, do a Carl Spackler impression, it's kind of like a Borat impression. It, yeah, it's, 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 it's a 40-year Borat impression. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you just hear someone like start mumbling like Bill Murray. You're like, put that in the closet with the Borat impression and lock the door. Oh, the thing is, I don't... And I'm not... We're throwing a lot of stones around Williams here, and a lot of them are, are deserved... But he is a talented guy. He's a super talented guy. He is super a, talented. He is a talent. Period. Like there's no, you know, 
it's irritating. He needs a good script. He needs a good director to say, this is what I need you to do. Like Aladdin. Aladdin, because it's animated, the, the script is, like, really tight. And right. that's that. And he's a cartoon, so you don't have to look at him, so that's great. <laughs> like, so there's a lot and of good things about thing, Aladdin. The ridiculous things that he's saying can take magical form to <laughs> yeah. further explain what the fuck he's <laughs> like doing. If, if, for example, the genie decides that he's going to do an impression of all the Marx Brothers at once, like he does in this movie, <laughs> the genie can split into three genies, and they can look it's like great. Groucho, Chico, and Harpo, and nobody's going to say Visual anything. justification helps Robin Williams. It's like when he's doing the Groucho, the cigar's up. And when he's doing, when he's doing Chico, he's, oh, no, I'm a big Italian man, and yeah. the cigar's down. See, that's how you know one human being has turned into another human well, being. Well, this is the scene, my least favorite scene in the movie, and this is the most Chris Columbus- Get three cameras. Whatever Robin does is gold. He goes to to social services because he doesn't have an agent oh. and has no leads on jobs, even though he's a fucking <sighs> storied voice actor, apparently. <laughs> uh, and, you know, she's like, well, what are your skills? He's like, well, I do voices. She's like, you do voices, and it's 22 minutes of this run. Ding, 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 ding. And we're off. And it's just one after another. And it's not and, – and this is – I hate this shit, too. Where it's clearly you've been riffing for so long and you're taking the highlights because not one of them is there an impression and then he does another impression. It's impression, cut. jump cut, yep. next impression. Yep. So you're all I was thinking about this entire time is the poor crew. All the crew, the the old woman who's playing the social services, everyone the, the around. The back of her head that they yeah. need for the shot. Like everyone yeah. who's not Robin Williams who had to put in the 17-hour day yep. oh, yeah. because he's just going off, including the low light of that reel. I also have a good impression of a hot dog, and he stiffens oh. up and leans back in a chair and holds it. You know why he holds it? So he can rake in all the laughs. <laughs> it's obnoxious the whole thing's so obnoxious and it, it, all i can think about when i'm watching it is like if ever there was a poster boy for the opposite of cocaine <laughs> you know because it's like this guy Valium, is just running, a book, it's a book. <laughs> he's just on like hyper drive to the point where like i think the majority of people who watch robin williams do a bunch of Im- impressions are looking for two out of 20. Yeah, they, they That's really as are. I remember, like, my dad would, like, walk through the room to go get a book. <laughs> he would hit his bubby, Jewish bubby impression halfway through. My dad would go, like, that's all I need. <laughs> they would get the fuck out of there. Of course. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25, and for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time, and the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. And the problem with this movie, I don't think we've actually elucidated it, elucidated it, is it's two hours and five minutes long. Two hours and five minutes. You know what that is? Five minutes longer than fucking Star Wars. <laughs> a movie that has to create its own religion, its own galaxy, its own fucking science, and it explain and eight to twelve speaking characters. <laughs> and this is just a movie about fucking Robin Williams in a dress, and it's longer than Star Wars. Nuts. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, totally nuts. Steve, imagine this. Robin Williams voicing every character in Star Wars. Oh, a one-man show? A one-man <laughs> show. Oh, oh, Off-Broadway. On-Broadway. Uh, it would be on-Broadway. Madison Broadway. Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Yeah. It is, it's, it's, this movie, Chris Columbus will not pass up a good montage scene. They're just one after the other. And you There's know, you like remove, three or four of them here. Yeah, you remove two of them, this movie gets a lot closer to an hour 40 minutes, which I'd give you. An hour 40, I'd give you. It's supposed to be an hour and a half. You went over 10. Fine, <laughs> sure. I don't have to pick up the kids yet. <laughs> sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I paid, you know, 35 bucks with the popcorn. It's 1995, you know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of money. So I, I, I might as well get an hour and 40 out of it as opposed to 90. And two five, I've got to change my dinner plans, and that sucks. <laughs> got to change everything. <laughs> got to change your diaper. <laughs> if you're what? an old person, you or need to change baby. Your what are uh, we talking about? Another thing that expands this runtime because it's not just the riffing montages; it's the montages of him just doing stuff set to songs that either feature words lady, dude, man, papa, just anything that denotes like a gender assignment one way or another. We're cramming that fucking song in and he's going to walk down the street as an old woman dressed to it. They they make that like, um, you know, they had a riff session where they're like, all right, guys, it's going to be tough. Let's think of any pop song that's <laughs> yeah. never that's n- labeled a gender. Either way, I don't care. 
they made a huge list and they said we got to use all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's every single one I want them. And why couldn't you pay for those songs to be on the fucking soundtrack I bought? <laughs> I don't it get it. Of you after Christmas going up to your room and just slowly snapping the CD. <laughs> I mean, because I, I do remember, like, thinking, oh, wow, there's all these cool rock songs in this movie. Like, they'll all be on one CD. Because you can't burn CDs yet. How am I possibly going to get all these it songs? Was the only, it was the only way. The best way to get a series of great pop one-hit wonders or one-hit songs yeah. was the soundtrack. Yep. That's well, why that we... Romeo and Juliet soundtrack was massive. Oh, yeah. Same exact reason. If we pay for all those songs, then the economic equation goes down the window. <laughs> Wait a minute, I think I figured it out. Al, get your wife tipper on some sort of campaign to get all those parental advisory stickers stuck on them fuckers. That'll be a real waste of time, but it'll probably create some jobs. <laughs> Sticker maker. So he decides, so uh, he's living in what we're told is a shitty apartment. It's enormous. It's in fucking San Francisco, like Very Sean nice. said. Fucking the most expensive. Corner. Yeah, a corner cor- window. I think it might going. be the whole floor. <laughs> it, it I is. can't confirm, but there's at least one corner. There's definitely two bedrooms in this place. There's yep. got to be at least two bedrooms in this place. And uh-huh. like the kids are there like, ew, dad's apartment's so shitty. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's, it's just got a lot of boxes because your dad's a fat fucking slob. He just needs to clean up his apartment before <laughs> his kids show up. Yes. But there's there, and like Sally Field picks up the kids early, and she's like, you know, well, we're getting a nanny. We have to get a nanny because, you know, I, I have to, you know, I, I've always been working this long, and now you're not there out of work to watch them. So, right. And he's like, well, I'll do it. And like, no. Are you sure? And <laughs> this is what he, con- he cons her. She's like, oh, I'm putting an ad in the paper. He grabs it and changes the number. And then we get another montage of impressions where he's playing all these women that are calling for the job. And it's like he's intentionally making them shitty. You know, like this one woman's like, oh, do your kids, are they well behaved or do they need a good shove or something like that? Just all these like horrible, despicable people. And when this movie likes to pat itself on the back for gender issues, which it really kind of does a lot, there's this line where uh, Rob Williams calls up. He's like, I don't mess with the males because I used to be one. And Sally Field goes, yikes, and hangs up the phone. <laughs> Congrats. Good one, Columbo. You know, like, <laughs> fuck you, dude. Like, so, but his plan is immediately to be Mrs. Doubtfire. It's not like, oh, maybe I could. Do- no, no, there's no other options. Like, I have to go. And he goes, he makes me a woman. Another montage of different masks. He's doing Barbara Streisand. Oh things. my God, the Barbara Streisand. Ah, just to start, start this montage. The thing that drives me at this is my least favorite thing in this whole movie. The thing that drives me nuts is that he has established. A British accent on the phone and named himself Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> and we have to see it be a Latino woman, be a Jewish yeah. woman. Why? Why would he try all these other looks? He's already sold himself on the part, dude. Harvey Firestein and his husband are out twelve hundred dollars for this montage, <laughs> and 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 three to four business days working on these things. Damn it! Like Harvey Firestein creates a pretty convincing. Barbara out of Robin Williams. <laughs> it's just, it's nuts. And they sing Matchmaker, which is kind of hilarious because Harvey Feierstein was famously Tevia for a while, won a Tony. Oh. But that's yeah. one of those, like, he's got to just be like, okay, so wait, you told her that you want to be an old British woman. Why am I putting this Barbara schnoz on you? <laughs> We're wasting so much time. <laughs> well, it'll be funny. We can sing something together. It's just been like, the 
driving creative force in this whole film is just <laughs> him like riffing on impressions. It's like just catch, throw a lasso on that tornado, and do. I don't care how much it costs. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if like one of the scenes they turn the the, the chair around and he's a Klingon and he's like, oh no, this will never work. <laughs> like, like that's that's on par with this montage. It's just Robin Williams looking at the camera and goes. <laughs> oh does, no, this can't work. That does bring up the great um uh, uh limiter on Robin Williams, which is that he's not allowed to play any ethnicities in that scene because no, that not. would get inappropriate. Well, he you know yep. he does play. He plays a Latina woman, and he does right. the whole thing, which right. is really gross. And it's just like congratulations. <laughs> What's awesome too? Speaking of the the voice of this English woman of Mrs. Doubtfire, and this really has to rub Robin Williams raw, man. Is like the first time he meets Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah. And like Pierce great. Brosnan is Irish, but in this movie he's English. Well, and he's almost always English. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, well, he says in the movie, he goes, uh, oh, uh, I clearly am also from England, Mrs. Doubtfire. What part of England are you from? And he's like, uh, <laughs> here and there. And then it's awesome. The part that's got to kill Robin Williams is having someone go, well, your accent seems a little off. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Like, hey, Robin Williams, your impression isn't that great. <laughs> Fucking smoke coming out of his ears. <laughs> I paid a lot for that. <laughs> his, his little ear smoke contraption. <laughs> oh, he's got one. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I gotta go to work tomorrow. How would this sell you as a British grandmother? You told me to do one thing, and now we're just wasting time. It cost me $55,000. This gremlin's mask wasn't cheap. Why did I make this? I wish. Hey, uh, Harvey, can you get me the Jabba the Hutt costume? Why? Why would I get you the Jabba the Hutt costume? Oh, by the way, now I'm out of business. <laughs> Well, I, I had to miss two call two calls in a two days, so I got fired from the movie I was doing. <laughs> the sequel is actually Harvey Firestein moving in with the family, and it's the <laughs> real acceptance of other lifestyles. Yeah, exactly. Finally, <laughs> at long last. But so he goes up to, he shows up and wows Sally Field because he's Mrs. Doubtfire, who's a very congenial old lady, and she she's lying through her fucking British fake teeth, right? And <laughs> Sally Field doesn't, because she's been so, uh, I guess, besieged by child abusers and transsexuals, she just will take anyone who comes, <laughs> comes to the door, I guess. And she's not going to check references. And she's going to pay. This scene doesn't happen, but it has to, because obviously Mrs. Doubtfire doesn't have a fucking W-2. So she's paying this woman in cash? Yeah, uh, $300 a week. That would make me a little suspicious of this old lady. Like, well, why can't, you know, just give me, you know... We'll set up direct deposit. We'll do it. Honestly, in 1993, if I only have to pay my nanny $300 a week, <laughs> I'm not asking questions. Yeah, no questions asked, I guess. Oh, the government. I don't have I don't have a visa, dearie. Oh, I'm here yeah. illegally. <laughs> <laughs> you better be paying me under the table. <laughs> oh, I told them I was on vacation, but I stayed. I did. <laughs> Ah, uh, so she's she's a wonder to the household, of course. It's Mary Poppins without the fucking bag. And here's the thing, and this is actually, I read a little bit about the book that this is based on, which is hilarious to say out loud. <laughs> uh, uh, in the book, uh, the, the older kids get it immediately, like, oh, that's dad in a dress oh. for whatever. The little girl doesn't get it because she's so young, and that's kind of like what the crux of the book is, which makes a lot more sense. Right. It's either that or... 
if I'm this dad and I'm trying to fucking screw over that bitch mother that's always fucking tell me to do my homework, I go to the kids and I'm like, look, this is what I'm doing. Just be cool with it. It's we- I know it's weird, but this is what's happening because I respect you guys and I just want to hang out with you guys. So I'm not going to pretend to be a, a woman all the time. I'm just going to show up as this woman to trick your dumb mother and then we're going to hang out <laughs> yeah, as give, father and kids. Give your kids the opportunity to say, no, dad, that's crazy. <laughs> don't, don't do that. We that's don't want you to help. do that. Don't manipulate your children into thinking you're s- some woman. It's so it's, messed up. It's so bizarre. And that opening, that meeting scene where that's uh, says to him, boy, you're big, Robin Williams. You could be a linebacker on the 49ers. Talk about, like, your bullshit. No fucking way. Tiny little Robin Williams. Shorter than Sally Fields, Robin Williams. (laughs) Yeah, no, Mrs. Doubtfire's got some heels on. Mm -hmm. And some shoulder pads, I think, too. Yeah, he would be the real uh, Muggsy Bogues of the Niners. (laughs) And, you know, he's doing well, and then the social worker shows up. And this scene takes another 40 minutes because we're doing, like, a a, a closed-door farce thing because, like, he shows up as Mrs. Doubtfire, and the social worker's there. She's like, I'm doing my, you know, my whatever visit. Here's what you do. You just keep walking in the street. You're like, oh, that's a social worker. I'm just going to keep on moving. Guess who's not home today? Robin Williams. Mrs. Doubtfire's going on the town. Like, you know, like, that's I would much rather have that scene because all we have – are the bad, mediocre, and passable versions of the same scene replaying, right? Mm-hmm. Like seven montages, seven like running into the other room and changing my outfit montages. Mm-hmm. Just endless. It's so frustrating. So this woman shows up and it's 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 a bad fucking bosom buddies bit. It is. It really is. You know, it's like, oh, he's in the other room. Let me go get him change out of the fucking boob costume the only no, part, here i am the, my favorite part of this entire movie are the fat chinese kids laughing at the him fat chinese <laughs> they, oh they're they, so great they're hilarious they're yeah. just like laugh just laughing at him. those are the characters i most identify with <laughs> in this movie <laughs> just like this is a mess they're just looking across the way going uh. Your life is a mess. <laughs> well, what's great is like they see her from behind and they're like, oh, a lady's changing and they're giggling. And then he turns around and they see that it's Robin Williams and they both throw up. <laughs> and he's like, hey, what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> also, if you're living this lifestyle, close your fucking blinds. Oh, yeah. Blinds. You live, Never you open live them. in a lockdown <laughs> fort. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I Nothing. He doesn't I've, even close the door when he's got the he's got the social worker in the other room and he's like, "Okay, it. social worker, talk to you in a minute. Talk to you in a minute, And he's like, "Hey, how you doing? Oh, she's outside. Oh, ah, oh. And like, well, he no, doesn't Steve, close the fucking because piece of door. because dude, he's already taken care of it. Oh, I just got out of the shower. Yeah, like that's all you need yeah. is a quick got out of the shower gag. It is fine that he changes back into Daniel Hillard and goes out there. But when she says, I would like a nice English cup of tea, and he feels the need to turn himself back into Doubtfire (laughs) just to make tea for a second, it's like, great, she taught me how to do that. I'll go do that. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to make you tea. Well, what about your sister? Oh, she's dead. (laughs) She (laughs) can't help it. She's She's old. She's soaking the the bathtub, whatever. This is when his mask falls out the window, and you just know the next day Harvey fires his... Oh, you suck. I can't fucking believe you ruined that mask. Oh, this yeah. This is a whole nother year's salary. 
You know, I'm I, homeless starting tomorrow. I really, I know you're going through tough times. I really didn't want to bring this up, but I'm down a couple of G's. <laughs> so I start charging and the VIG starts tomorrow. <laughs> the, uh, the mask the looks hilariously like a Freddy Krueger mask. <laughs> it does. It does. It's creepy as fuck. There's oh, a man. scene like later in the movie where he's in the bathroom at a restaurant and he's got the mask on, but the wigs off it's terror town it's, really, it's, it's totally terror town it's so scary it's so scary when he comes so he goes into the kitchen as Doubtfire can't his mask is flattened by a flatbed truck <laughs> of outside, course it is hilariously <laughs> and he does the famous like dunking his head into the top of a cake so that it looks like he's got a yes. meringue beauty mask on and then serves a tea to this woman and I remember as a child watching as like the globs of frosting fell into the cup and he's like, oh, a little cream in your, f-. like doing yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going like, Mm-mm, movie, I don't buy that. <laughs> no, I don't Because no she'd be so grossed out. She'd say just no, thank you. I would have bought a no, thank you. <laughs> but I just remember being like, no, no, bad writing. It's like the, they go to the exact opposite of a, of a no thank you, which is when Mrs. Doubtfire leaves the room, this woman dabs a little of her fucking face droppings on her finger and then puts it on her own face. You don't understand what it's like to lose your beauty. <laughs> I guess is this, this lady's just willing to try anything. Whatever it takes. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's, I mean, the, it's, fucking, it's, it's the scene from Dead Alive when the old lady's face is falling into exactly. the ground. And they're just the, eating it. It's the, the, there's two Dead Alive scenes in this movie. This is the first. <laughs> It's repulsive, and everyone thinks it's adorable. Now, you know, a couple of montages later, the kids find out. How do the kids find out? Because Mrs. Doubtfire is a... First of all, the scene starts with her teaching this 13-year-old girl how to read. Like, it's like like a spelling thing. She's like, you know, eczema, E-X. Like, why are you spelling? You're you're 14 years old. What are you... I mean... Got left back a few times. What was awesome was, you know, I hadn't seen this in a while, and I put it on last night, and I was looking down at my phone, which I did a lot during this movie. Sure, you got a lot of time to do that. And I hear, like, the spelling lesson, and yeah, it's some, like, kind of bigger word, and I was like, why is he teaching Mara Wilson, like, that kind of bigger word? And then I look up, and it's the teenage daughter. I was like, no, Mrs. Doubtfire should be teaching this girl uh, how to prepare for her road test. (laughs) Not a spelling bee. And Mrs. Doubtfire's like, oh, I've got to use the loo. And she goes to the bath. And if I am pretending to be a woman in front of my fucking children, A, I'm locking the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> Short of that, I'm squatting and pissing. But Sit no. on the toilet. And also, what you're, we- what you're wearing isn't even conducive to conducive. standing and pissing. So I, mean, I, I, I want to see the physics of what the front looks like for this. Because yeah. all you get is like Robin Williams from behind and there's like a fake pee stream. But like logistically, in the world of Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> you're pulling the fat suit up with the dress up and you're trying to get your yeah. penis out to go to the bathroom. It would be so easier to sit down and pee. Just sit down. Oh, and you know what's awesome? Sitting down and peeing. It's great. <laughs> Finally, it's, you it's have so great. a way to do that without feeling emasculated. No, it's and it's you a, pass it up. It's a lazy piss. Everyone's done it from now and now and again. It just happens. Look, I say it all the time. It's the Larry David thing, but I totally subscribe to it. If I'm up in the middle of the night, I don't want to turn the bathroom light on and yep. blind myself. I'm just going to sit down to use the bathroom. And it's amazing. And it's fine. But, of course, you have to telegraph that he's a man. So he's standing and Taking pee. a big grade A meat piss. <laughs> <laughs> 
As the manliest piss opens the door and sees his dad's dick coming out of a dress. And he's like, oh, oh, oh. And he has, he has a freak out. He has a weird thing where he's like, call the police, which is a bit weird. I don't know. Like, what, what well, do you do, arrest her? Well, what if it's like a robber or something? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's like, oh, oh, this dude is conning us. What is awesome, though, is he definitely sees his dad's dick and balls because when they, like, they all run back into the bedroom where the spelling test is happening. And, like, he says to the sister, like, you know, like, she's a he or whatever. And she goes, like, what, you saw him? And he goes, I saw everything. <laughs> this dude traumatized. Oh, absolutely. I would prefer for him to walk into the bathroom and see his dad's dick and just go, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's, it's dad. It's dad. Is that you? Oh, my God. Mrs. Doubtfire somehow has dad's dick. <laughs> oh, Wait. More plausible explanation. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire is dead. And he comes out and he kind of finally lets them in. And, like, they're grossed out. But, like, immediately the daughter is like, oh, thank God. Like, hey, <laughs> nope, not I hated all. that bitch, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> now it's just dad. And then the boy is kind of hilarious. Like, I'm not going to hug you, which I totally agree with. I what's mean, it's ridiculous, not, it's not because so... dad's wearing a dress. It's because I don't know what's going on with dad right well, now. Well, what's right, ridiculous right. is Robin Williams says something like, uh, oh, I get it. It's a man thing. And the kid it's like, yeah, it's a man <laughs> thing. Whatever you say, Crick, call the cops. <laughs> no, now really call the cops. Did you guys call the cops? He stopped panicking. Now you can call the cops. All right, Dad, yeah, let's sit down and watch Dick Van Dyke. Call the cops. <laughs> He's breaking his custody agreement. We've got him on that alone. <laughs> <laughs> so now the whole thing is like, you got to keep it secret from Mara Wilson because she's too little and it would literally... Destroy her brain in half. It would would absolutely destroy her. So meanwhile, we're like it's not destroying this twelve-year-old or this fourteen-year-old. No, I mean, let's pretend that's not happening. They're both fully developed. They're totally ruined forever. But so it's like, all right, let's juggle all this. Keep it on the down low. Because I also hate your mom's new boyfriend, Pierce Brosnan. Welcome to the movie. The nicest, most put together, most handsome, caring man in a movie. I can. For as long as I can remember, he's a, real, he's a dream boat. He's a real put together piece of meat. He, he he looks great. He's a really nice guy. The weird thing is the kids all for, fall for him immediately, which you know no one really likes. Mom's new boyfriend. You know what I mean? Right, right after a messy divorce, unless you can like Mrs. New boyfriend. Unless mom's new boyfriend's Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. I guess that's true. I don't know. I'd turn pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like, my all mom right. brought home Pierce Brosnan right after a divorce. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it is an upgrade. You, so you got Bond stories, right? I've got plenty of Bond stories. <laughs> <laughs> and toys and sweets. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Uh, listen, do you mind if we talk about Remington Steel just a little bit? <laughs> I don't mind at all. All right. <laughs> this is pretty great. There's a lot of British that the this family is suddenly dealing with. By <laughs> yeah. More than usual, yeah. I think. It's a real British invasion yeah. of this San Francisco house. Yeah, and I kind of, I mean, this comes to the, the pool scene, which is really famous, all over the trailer. And, it, you know, Pierce Brosnan lays out his motives, which don't make a whole lot of sense. And I'm, I think Sally Field's an attractive woman. Fucking... This is 1993 Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, yeah this is, is prime cut Chuck. This right is here. prime cut Chuck. He's a rich guy in this movie, too. Like, mm-hmm. holy fuck, is he fucking everything. Right. You want this to be believable? <laughs> Pierce Brosnan, startup company, yep. might hit it big one day, <laughs> yeah. meets up with Sally Fields, gives it a go. 
makes it big and it's like, well, now I've got Sally Fields. <laughs> but what they're doing in the movie, though, makes him even more of a great guy because he's not some like vainglorious pussyhound right. lunatic. Or like he has been, but now he's not anymore. What he's what he's saying is like, like, I used to date this woman when we were in college and, you know, life got in the way and what have you. Now I'm looking to settle down. I'm looking to seek out like this woman again that once held such a high status in my heart. Like, oh, he's such a good guy. And Robin so Williams good. is a shit monster. Well, because they, it's like okay, I'm gonna bring the kids out to my country club because I'm super rich and really I want to see I want everyone to see me in a bathing suit just so they know what's just going so on. Know. But again, it's I mean yeah for for the jokes like yes of course and that's that's great. But like again like his motivation is like I just want the kids to come hang out oh, at the, sure, pool. the pool like it'll be fun it'll be fun what a fun day he's not like showing his money off or anything. The, and this but, is a, oops, sorry sorry but but do you th- I want to believe that he's so devastatingly attractive in this movie <laughs> that we anybody watching the movie has to still kind of like make him a villain because yeah. he's just too handsome well, right that's kind so of what you're, the, like, the you're like you're everything you're doing pierce brosnan is great you're yeah. perfect but i still hate you because you're so fucking good <laughs> Well, that's kind of a way the movie could go, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like all of a sudden Mrs. Doubtfire opens the door and Pierce Brosnan's got his face between some woman's legs. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, he is a cheating scumbag yes. after all. That- like you would expect a movie like this to fall into that. It doesn't, though. No, he just continues to be a great guy. Yeah. All the way up to and including through the point when Robin Williams tries to murder him. <laughs> and he, he's incredibly tolerant of Mrs. Doubtfire as yeah. well, which is complete bullshit because she treats him like shit throughout this whole movie. Because at every turn, like, he's really creepily manipulating Sally Field. Not only is he manipulating the kids and, like, really going around the, the custody agreement, uh, he's also, like giving her bad advice about like oh you know and trying to find out why they got divorced and like oh my god like that guy you know and Pierce Bros has come around throwing all of his money in like you know fucking tight jeans and she she's like <laughs> oh my god this guy's great right and he's like no he looks like a blow you know and he's like really trying to do this why bring Mrs. Doubtfire to the pool why am I bringing my housekeeper old lady to a pool the it makes no them, sense the thing they're doing is hanging out with the kids yes right because if it's like oh we're gonna go to the country club we want to have a nice meal yes, yes. can you look after no he's going to hang out with the kids why do you need a chaperone there? it's a family day you know what mrs doubtfire you have the day off take the day and there's something where robin williams says like oh what am i even doing here <laughs> yeah exactly. and i'm like uh-huh Exactly right. What are you doing here? Aside from being a meddling creep. And there is a scene where he's like drinking. Bo- he's, he's, he gets drunk a lot in this movie, which is a little weird. Yeah. That, that's Mrs. Doubtfire's edge. Achilles heel is the booze. Maybe, you know what? Mrs. Doubtfire hates smoking cigarettes, but she ain't got no problems pounding back the bruise. Listen, you put a, a, a flask in that Tweety Bird's head. I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's just a smoking that I don't like. Anything but a cigarette. And he's getting loaded, and of course, we have to reinforce this guy is heterosexual. And so this blonde, bodacious babe shows up, and like he tries to buy her a drink as Mrs. Doubtfire. What are you after, man? This is also, by the way, one of uh, an example I wanted to give of the instances where he breaks character in in like situations that could ruin him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So like Pierce Brosnan comes up to the bar and he has a chat with like a waiter. It's another club it's, it's, member. It's his buddy, yeah. And they're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow, she's got kids, huh? That stinks. He's like, no, they're really great kids. I love them. The little one's a sweetheart. You know, this is really serious. And he's like, oh, well, that's great, Pierce Brosnan. Have a nice day. And then like 
Robin Williams has like some horse shit. Like, well, then he throws the lime at Pierce Brosnan's head, which is the drive-by fruiting, the funniest fucking thing you ever saw in a movie trailer oh, ever in your life. If YouTube had existed, <laughs> <laughs> that oh yeah, shit would have been everywhere. Everywhere, it would have been a meme. Drive-by fruiting would have been a meme of some sure. kind. So he does that, and then like, like he gives his big explanation, and Pierce Brosnan walks away, and this buddy is still at the bar looking like, "What the fuck did you do that for, old lady?" And he's like, "What are you looking at, pal?" And it's like. Okay, that guy is going to be like, hey, remember that old lady that threw that shit at you? That's a man. He a totally man in latex costume. Yeah, he talked to me in a man's voice. He's like preparing some my ties to bring over to them. He's like, well, I'm going to add that to this interaction. <laughs> I have to tell him now. I mean, not only did he assault my friend, he's also a man and like right. seems to be swindling this nice family out of and money. You're a guest here. Pierce Brosnan has the membership to this country yeah. club, sir. Man, I don't want to be selfish, but I think he kind of threatened me, too. <laughs> He's hitting on that lady? He's hitting on my girlfriend? <laughs> that hitting on the girlfriend, it's a lot like that uh, Christmas vacation, Chevy. You know, like, yeah. it feels like it, they, they kind of peter out towards the mid-90s, yeah. where, like, every, like, even if they're happily married, mm-hmm. every man has to have that, like interaction with a bar fly or somebody you know trying to sell them something where they're like you want to get your rocks off i'm not gonna do it because you're gonna turn me down but i'm totally oh no because it's just flirt you're just flirting with babes it's the 90s and it's all about you know because i mean like that's that christmas vacation scene that's this scene like there's another scene where he's on a bicycle and he's like hey he almost falls off the bike and kills his own child while dressed as a woman It's also like that creepy new, I don't know, it's like a Mercedes commercial where this woman comes into this guy's car and it's like, you're not my wife. She's like, I know. And it's like, Mercedes, anyone will suck your dick. <laughs> like it's, it's a very what disturbing. Is he, does he say something? Does the guy no, just go it, like, it, it just drive. Cuts. It just cuts. He's like, you're not my wife. She's like, I know. And they cut. And it's, wow. just like, it's really bizarre. It's open-ended. It's open-ended. You, you know? choose your own adventure. Choose your you adventure. know how it ends. A subplot to this movie that's going to become important to the climax is... Rob Williams does get a job uh, at a TV station, like as a shipping clerk, because again, he go- he doesn't have an agent. I guess, like, no. So who? Just I just want to ask uh, the guy who interviews him and tells him how to do the shipping clerk job. Yeah, what area of the country does his accent place him as for being from? It's it's he that guy again was born in the Staten Island dump. Like that's. <laughs> You take the prince, you ship him. You take another print, you ship him. Uh, what do I do with the prince again? <laughs> oh, you're, you're a real, fucking funny. You're a real fucking funny guy. You're a real ball bust. Oh, it's real fucking funny. I bet you got a bunch of little Middle Eastern man voices too in there, huh? <laughs> you're really fucking amazing. My buddy... Ali from the island. He heard you <laughs> say in that voice. Well, unfortunately, I can't hire you because you're, as per union protocol, you're not from Brooklyn. So, uh, <laughs> you gotta go. What I don't understand about where he's working, so it's like, he works, it's a tele, it's a local television studio that's producing their own content mm-hmm. that they're also then selling to other markets for syndication. But Robin Williams' job is, is shipping like film prints of things and it's all being made in this one house oh yeah there's one no big building like you're not taking like the negative and going to a lab and having these prints made and then that lab is shipping shit places like everything is happening in this little san francisco disney studio <laughs> which makes no sense to me at all but it's all happening right here so yeah he gets the job first he's shipping the prints but he's quick to rise to the ranks due to all that talent he has and i mean like 
I think we've all worked at creative industries that you're not creative in. Guess what you're not allowed to do is pitch ideas. If you're working <laughs> as a shipping clerk, you keep your head down. Like maybe you get your big chance at some point. But he's going around talking to anyone who will listen. He's he's bugging the CEO with like his voices <laughs> and his ideas. Nope, you don't do that. No, nope. that's he's, that's a sure way to get fired. And this is this is the movie way of people like getting a step up too. Is he's like openly talking shit. About the show that he's watching being filmed, which is an old man boringly talking about dinosaurs. Like, which is fine. Yes, it's understandably boring. And he's like, oh, geez, these kids are being put to sleep like these dinosaurs. And this old man's just standing there like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's (laughs) say this guy's pretty funny. And he's like, who's the moron that puts this stuff on the air? And he's like, well, actually, that's me. And they have this like. Little like eh, eh, like elbow nudging conversation. I'm like, no, like you're fired. This yeah. dude is a is he's a television magnate of some level. <laughs> some <you> know, level. <laughs> so it's not the biggest level, but it's a level. It's he's higher up than Robin Williams. He's Philip W. P- TV station. <laughs> I think that's his character name. <laughs> and so like they they get to talking and like he's like, well, you know, I want to I want. I believe in you. Let's let's have it. Let's have a meeting. And he's like, I want to give you a job. Let's have a dinner meeting. And this is the best news Robin Williams has gotten. And maybe he could stop pretending to be a woman to make ends meet. Uh, Question the, mark. The, the dinner the 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 dinner meeting, by the way, is only prompted after the boss catches Robin Williams after hours oh, on yeah. the set of this dinosaur show, playing with all the toys and just riffing uh, with the raptor rap. Uh, or oh no no then there's the t-rex who's the king of the dinosaurs uh, fucking stab me in the heart this movie <laughs> it's obnoxious just watching him go and like uh, and this guy uh, sees dollar signs i guess <laughs> boy yeah. this crazy person can earn me a lot of change and th- so like that's one side of it and then the other side whoops Sally Field's birthday is also taking place, and she and Pierce Bros is taking everybody out to a nice dinner, and she insists Mrs. Doubtfire join them. She insists twist it. that off. She is a part of this family. Oh yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire, all the advice that you've given me over oh, the last it, week, all the dubious advice. <laughs> It seems like you have your own agenda, but I love you anyway. <laughs> All the stories you told me about having weird sex with your dead husband or whatever. It's strange, man. And you know, the weird <laughs> thing is, in Tootsie, this movie's kind of like the, the the sausage parts of Tootsie. You know what I mean? Like the it worst is the sausage parts of Tootsie. Uh, yeah, this movie's like yeah, Tootsie without the heart. <laughh> it is. And... There's always there's all these scenes with uh, and I haven't seen it in a while, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Dustin Hoffman and Bill Murray, and Bill Murray's like, wait, why are you doing this? And Dustin Hoffman tells him why he's doing it. It makes sense at every turn, and maybe it's a little dubious, but he does it. That's where, where Harvey Firestein has to be. He has to be like, yeah. well, wait, why why are you going to this dinner? This just doesn't. I spent two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> on this. Why am I doing this? But it's even it goes back even farther than this dinner plan, though. Like you need the conversation between him and Harvey Firestein, where he's like, "You want me to do what? <laughs> well, that sounds like a terrible idea. Like there's no like he's instantly on board. Like we're gonna play makeup because I'm a gay guy. <laughs> no, exactly. So like the movie totally disregards him exactly. as any kind of voice of reason because he's just this cartoonish 
gay man who's going to put makeup on him. And that's it. But you're right. He needs to be the guy who's like, okay, I was against it before, but now you are going way out of bounds here. Just cancel on this fucking dinner. I've been reading a lot of Carl Jung, and I think what you're doing to these children might really be problematic. But yeah, it just doesn't. And so now, obviously, they're both at the same restaurant. And, and it's Bosom Buddies again, by the way. It's Bosom Buddies, and it doesn't make any sense because all he has to do is tell, as Mrs. Doubtfighter, like, oh, thank you so much, dearie. I can't. Uh, you know, oh, for I got, any I reason. got the wee case of the shits. <laughs> I haven't been able to get off the toilet. And that's it. Yeah, it's sorry, kids. Mrs. Doubtfire can't come to dinner. Why? Uh, she's got horrible diarrhea. She, she's making mince meat pies, as she said. <laughs> Ooh, just making a wee bit of mince meat pie in the loo. <laughs> <laughs> I must have had a bunch of red hots last night. I don't remember. I she don't said, remember that many jalapenos. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing. She said she's inventing haggis. <laughs> Ooh, turns out I am a wee bit lactose intolerant after all, dearie. I'll have to see you at your next birthday, puppet. (laughs) That's all you need, and then you go to the dinner. Also, he's going kind of to, because at every turn he's trying to uh, ruin Pierce Brosnan's life because this piece of shit is treating his kids with respect. Perfectly. Yeah, and (laughs) and ruin this relationship because, you know, no one's allowed to fuck my wife but no one. Uh, not even right. me because I haven't been. Because I don't do it. But yeah. I don't want even, that there is totally it. some sexual sabotage in this movie because I'm, I'm, he's playing both sides of this coin. By he the is. way, because he tells he tells Sally Field like you know oh when my husband died I never took up with another man again and you know like she he says to her like. Once the father of your child is out of the picture, you're celibate. Like, yeah. close that shit down. And that's, that's his bizarre. advice to her. And then to Sally or to, to Pierce Brosnan, he's like, they're going out on a date. And he's like, by the way, she's got crabs. <laughs> oh, I the crabs. How would you Come know, on. Mrs. Doubtfire? <laughs> oh, I went to the bathroom, dearie. <laughs> and it looked like someone tipped over an ant farm on the toilet seat. <laughs> I just hope it's not the wee 13-year-old. That's all I can see. I hope it's Sally Field. I really do. I don't remember what the line is, but it's something like, uh, oh, you better bring some shell crackers to dinner. And he's like, what? What did you say? And she's like, well, you know, I'm saying she's got crabs. And he's like, yeah, I fucking got it. Better bring some melted butter <laughs> and a bib with you, dearie. Ooh, she's got a wee tickle of the crabs. So Mrs. Doubtfire's <laughs> at this dinner. She has no business being at. She said you were from Maryland? <laughs> I didn't understand what she was I saying. Didn't know I'm, I'm British. I don't understand why she knew that. She so- asked if I was feeling the pincers. <laughs> Oh, uh, mercy. So, and, yeah. yeah, so she's at this dinner, and of course, like, also, not only are you risking this, risking jail by doing this, you're also throwing out this great opportunity. Like, right. there's no way that you can succeed with this businessman. You're going to keep him waiting. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But he does. And he shows up as Mrs. Doubtfire, and, like, he's like, 
oh, I've got to go to the bathroom, Didi, and goes to the bathroom and like this is when he's doing like half Doubtfire, which is disturbing. Half Doubtfire is the Freddy Krueger thing. It's yeah. terrifying. You know what it uh. looks like? It looks like in RoboCop when he takes off his helmet and it's just <laughs> Peter Weller's face. Yeah, it's like the rubber Peter Weller yeah. face, and then all the mechanics behind him. Yep. Yep. That's what it looks like. It's creepy as shit. And he goes out and, the, you know, he, he's kind of doing – it's a bosom buddies gag. It's Three's Company. He's coming out and he's having a drink with this other guy and he starts to get a little loaded, which is his Achilles heel. As that's, we what he, that's what Doubtfire does. <laughs> that's what Doubtfire. And he comes out and this is the second Dead Alive scene where – because he's not – he's a little too drunk to do his makeup and stuff, right? So his teeth fall out into uh. the fucking wine glass. Uh, and Pierce Brosnan is just ready to throw up all over her old face. <laughs> But again, because he's the nicest dude ever, he's like, all right, I will help you fish your dentures out of this glass of wine with my spoon. Mm -hmm. Not even your spoon, Doubtfire. My fucking spoon. (laughs) And the two of them are like playing tonsil hockey, literally, in this glass of wine. And, you know, they order food and then she's like, oh, back to the bathroom. And no one is getting the wiser. I mean, I get it. It's an old lady. But, like, (laughs) she's gone for 20 minutes. She might be dead on that toilet. Yeah, something's wrong. And clearly, like, Pierce Brosnan hates her guts, so he not once is going to offer, like, you know, hey, should anybody check on Mrs. Doubtfire? But, like, the kid, the older daughter who knows that it's dad should be like, oh, dad's up to something. I don't know what's going on. But Sally Field should be like, hey, kids, you know, hey, oldest daughter, why don't you go see what Mrs. Doubtfire is doing in the bathroom? Make sure she's not getting sick. Right. Or right. whatever. Nothing. They well, just all it, sit there like they're waiting for a bus. The whole movie, it's like when you know, when the older one, when they know what's going on, right? Why are they not in any way helping the situation? They have nothing to do in this movie. Right. Yeah. It's because but it would, would be get... nice if they helped the situation. Yeah. Give them a reason for being there. It <laughs> sure would. But that gets in the way of Robin Williams' riffing, Sean. You can't, <laughs> right. you yeah, can't allow like, that. Oh, we had this whole subplot where, you know, the kids came in and really helped Mrs. Doubtfire out of a jam here. But, you know, we thought it might prevent some of uh, the Robin Williamsing from happening in the scene. So we just cut it all out. They're just going to sit there like mummies. <laughs> so he comes back and he's got a little lipstick on his mouth that smells like perfume with the guy. <laughs> and he's like, oh, wait, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I uh, fucked a waitress in the bathroom. Ha <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, she left it on me or something like that. And he the says. guy loves it he's, and what bothers me is isn't swinger, this a man. guy who plays a toy store owner in home alone 2 no, it's not it's not close it's very oh. close i just rewatched that terrible oh, okay movie. good uh, that, that the would old guy me. no this guy's the old guy though. he's the old guy from something but it's not uh duncan oh, from no, duncan's no. Yeah, toy chest yeah, yeah yeah but it's close but it, and you know he's just like oh that's great i hey <laughs> Maybe she's got a friend. And it's like, oh, no, he's a swinger. It's like, like, oh, my God, I thought I was here for a job interview. Now I have to have fake group sex. <laughs> well, I guess so. And he keeps drinking. And he's That's wearing show his, business. He's wearing, <laughs> he's Wait, wearing, you want to work not in voiceover? You want to work in real life acting? <laughs> That's show business. That's just what you do, man. You make the man in the suit happy no matter what it takes. <laughs> and so he's going back and forth. And... Pierce Brosnan, for some reason, orders the the jambalaya without any pepper because he's allergic to pepper. Now, here's something. You don't order that. If, you're, if you are allergic to pepper, you're like, oh, I'll take the grilled chicken over uh, the, the better greens. Thing. Yeah, if, right, I'm right. sorry. If you're allergic to, to cayenne pepper or black pepper, whatever it is, you get the dullest thing on the totally. menu you if you go to a restaurant. Right, you don't say, like, I'll take the scallops, uh, but can you just – I'm allergic to shellfish. <laughs> just make sure, yeah. 
you clean them really well because yeah, it just, could be really bad. I mean, any shellfish. <laughs> I'll take the scout. Uh, by the way, that old guy is the old projectionist and last action it, hero. But ironically, it. this might be, or coincidentally rather, uh, this might be, this movie might be an unofficial sequel to Mrs. Doubtfire. What? Death to Smoochie. Which is also oh. Robin Williams being redonkulous on television, and this old man actor plays a network chairman. What? Spoiler alert: Harvey Firestein's in that movie too, as oh. a gangster. Oh, that's right. He's kind of great in that movie. Spurred I actually... by his brother. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> down on his luck. I was down on my luck, so I got into the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna murder that piece of shit brother of mine. <laughs> that's kind of one of those movies I kind of like. I don't know why, I... or I liked it when I watched it. I don't know. It probably doesn't hold up. It's one of those movies that should work in theory but i think is terrible <laughs> that's fair i'm not gonna fight you on it so he's like oh let's have group sex he's like, okay and he's like running back and forth and in the middle of it he dresses up as mrs doubtfire and sees pierce brosnan's plate and he knows that he's allergic to pepper even though this idiot's ordering fucking jambalaya <laughs> and he goes now he's like he's like judy dench in notes on a scandal this like weird scheming old woman that's like got her own ends to pursue so he's putting on a fuck he's like putting on a, a cook's jacket and is putting pepper all over his thing thus killing him yeah he wants that's, to murder that's attempted murder that that's what it find, is i can't find one thing wrong with this guy so he's got <laughs> i gotta rub about <laughs> that's it the only thing left is to take his life all right i'm gonna get the, i'm gonna get this job it's gonna be great uh and then i'm gonna kill this guy and then uh, I'm, I'm gonna be head of the household again haha like <laughs> he's doing this whole plan while dressed as face only mrs doubtfire <laughs> masturbating in the bathroom of this <laughs> too bad uh, the door unlocked you're gonna be a fucking star you're gonna be a fucking star <laughs> Too bad for uh, Robin Williams or for Mrs. Doubtfire that uh, apparently Pepper does not affect Pierce Brosnan. Nope. The only thing that affects him is choking on a full jumbo shrimp. Yeah, he decide yeah. to eat like a duck. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't have an allergic reaction to the pepper. He just chooses to swallow whole a jumbo <laughs> shrimp. Because when this thing pops back out after some expert Heimlich maneuver from Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> it's just a whole shrimp. It's a yep. whole thing. It's a whole thing. I would eat that. Yep. Like when it pops out, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> it looks like pretty good shrimp. Oh, and it's got pepper on it? Excellent. I love that. <laughs> but also, yeah, you're right. Well, like, he should, like, not only would he choke, like, because he, he forgot to chew his food, but he would also go into anaphylactic shock or whatever. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. Like, hives. Like have a real, you'd have to go to the hospital. Yeah, you're not choking. Like your throat's closing up. Yeah, and it's, it's and, it. It's and doomsday. It's not, yeah, it's not. It's got nothing to do with the food blocking it. It's your throat says no. Uh, right. yeah, no more. Not, you're not squeezing all of that powder out of there. <laughs> and yeah, so he peanut allergies are not just heimlicking a peanut out of somebody's <laughs> throat. <laughs> not how that works. And yeah, of course, he's, it's the help is on the wheel line that everybody loves. Uh, okay, Mrs. Doubtfire, why were you sitting over in that part of the restaurant? Oh, why are you right. smooth talking that old man? Yeah, well, we know why. And, well, no, <laughs> she she goes over like he's so drunk. He goes to sit down at the other guy's thing and, at the other guy's table, and the other guy's like, "The fuck is wrong with you? Oh my god! Why are you dressed as an old woman?" And he's like, "Oh, oh, meet your new daytime TV host." And it's like, "Oh no." <laughs> It would be great if he just like he said that, and the guy just had a stone face, and then Ron was, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking hard. Much better climax. Absolutely. What's great, though, is his reaction is not like, get out of my face. What are you even talking about? How dare you? He just goes, 
host as if he's still cool with this guy playing like a supporting character on some sort of daytime you talk me into it. Yes. <laughs> host oh pump the gas weirdo or there's, the brakes there's a whole moment like it's that moment where you see somebody who thinks like he's found you know someone yeah. a diamond in the rough and yeah. it's like all right this this kid's good this kid's really good and then he sits down as an old woman in front of you it says like this is the the idea <laughs> and you're just like Maybe you're not that good. <laughs> oh, this draft pick was a bust. Yeah, exactly. He's a total draft pick bust. And it's a real Michael Beasley. <laughs> <laughs> you guys do a lot of sports jokes on we this We do. Thing? Every now and again. It's mainly me and Steve, but it's fine. Yeah, Chris Cabot's out here to fucking pump the brakes on it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he whilst doing the Heimlich... He his mask falls off his face. Falls his face off. just rips off. And the little girl is... halfway though, halfway. That's yeah. The oh, thing it's the worst. That's it's not that you know it falls what? off. And you're like, oh, it's dad. It's like it's dad's yeah. mouth and yeah. an old lady's eyes. Yeah. Let me tell you, if my false face has to come off in front of my child, who I've been pretending to be this old English woman in front of for a month. I want that face to come all the way off. The whole thing. <laughs> it's got to get ripped from scalp to chin, just totally off. It's I a can't do a Terminator halfway. 2 rip. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if it ripped off and turned out Robin Williams' mask, like Harvey Firestein made it out of liquid metal, <laughs> and it just glommed back into position perfectly. <laughs> or if it tore off, you realize that below Daniel Hillard's face was uh, a cyborg face, and this, <laughs> this became Bicentennial Man. <laughs> It was by the man the whole time. The whole wow. time. Wow. Also directed by Chris Columbus. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the little girl is fucking terrified. It's at that moment that that girl becomes both A, a sexual deviant, and B, a serial killer. I don't blame her. Either one. Either one. <laughs> because she would have to be because at every turn, anyone she meets for the rest of her life could be her father. Could be dad. <laughs> it's just, it's just, dad, he's that good at impressions and he's that good of a makeup artist. Oh, he man. could be anyone. Here's what's awesome. Sequel for Mrs. Doubtfire. Robin Williams gets the chair, okay, <laughs> out at Alcatraz and he's dead. He's known to be dead. They reopen Alcatraz just to execute. Just, just to, just to fry this one weirdo and then uh. they close it back up. And then 10 years later, cut to the youngest daughter character. She's at college. All of a sudden, she starts seeing someone who looks like Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah. And she starts getting freaked out because she's like, I know my father to be dead. I watched him burn. I watched him burn. And it's just some dude, oh, hello there. She and she's losing her fucking mind. <laughs> she fucks some guy on the Ultimate Frisbee team. And when she comes back to her dorm room, her uh, Sandra, her roommate, is like, do you fuck him? And she just starts ripping that girl's face off. <laughs> like, are you dead? Are you dead? Oh, my God. He's everywhere. And and of course, Mrs. Doubtfire in this sequel, played by Matthew Lawrence. Ooh, <laughs> twist. Ooh. Twist, right? Sick wow. twist. Because that's, what, that's what men do, apparently. That's what he learned. It's like men have to <laughs> dress as old lady to, to trick women into being, I don't even know. I, I don't know. I, it's just what you do. Just filleting people's face off. <laughs> making sure. It's so awesome. It's like part Norman Bates, part Leatherface. Like, it's great, man. It's, it's all good. terrifying. All the heroes. <laughs> <laughs> and... This is a problem. You cast Sally Field because she's a great actress and because she has to give him the she's all that speech. Yes. At, at, like, and really fucking stick it in him. And she does it. She goes, what, what, what? It's a kind of a good like double take and like of disgust and rage. And she's like, we're leaving. We're leaving. That's mm -hmm. it. We're leaving. And that's it. That's that, it? That's it. It's that's, otherwise, no. 
I'll get, I'll get through. Like this. you need the scene in the parking lot of the restaurant where, where they're screaming, yeah. yeah, flipping out, and rightfully so, flipping out. The kids should be flipping out. Pierce Brosnan's just throwing up <laughs> over by his Mercedes. You know, just, Mara, Mara Wilson is just crying. Oh yeah, just shaking uncontrollably and crying. Mm-hmm. Sure. Instead, we just cut to the courtroom, and what a shock! He loses custody. At all for like a year, like he's got to be evaluated again. He gives this weird speech where he's like, "Oh, you know, it's, I, I, I plead insanity. I'm I'm just crazy about We're my like, kids." You can stop there, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not we'll cra- take that as your defense. Yeah, book it. He's like, "I'm just, you know what, Your Honor? I'm just addicted. I'm addicted to my kids. Okay, I'm please stop talking, sir. Please I just stop love talking. my kids so much. I'm man. gonna have to extend. I can't this. be away from them <laughs> okay, for more than five years minutes, now, or else I go crazy. It's two years now, I'll go sir. I wish absolutely I... kill crazy. Right, sir, bailiff, can we take him away? <laughs> Robert take him Williams. down, bailiff. <laughs> Robin Williams then takes the court officer's gun and blows his own brains out. <laughs> I, w- I kind of wish Harris Eulen was the judge. <laughs> Be quiet. <laughs> Burned at the stake. <laughs> the judge d- does do some like this kind of lifestyle. Oh, sir. yeah. Yes. He pulls like, the old lifestyle. And it's, yes. it's, it's so unearned because the movie is not about gender identity. The right. movie is about being a sick, demented con artist right. that doesn't <laughs> believe in the judicial system, apparently. And, yeah, that's it. And, and so that happens. And now everyone's sad. Like, they're, they're interviewing a new nanny who's a total bitch. She's and, the worst. Well, not for nothing. This nanny is not fit to be a nanny. She's do, it's the old gag of, like, I don't do windows. I don't clean tubs. I don't sweep floors. I don't raise kids. And I'm like, what the fuck good are you? you well, why are you here right You're now? interviewing for a job where it's a priority that you do all of these things. <laughs> right. So maybe mm, you should think of another line of work. And not being a nanny. Now the kids have to shuck their own corn at dinner. <laughs> it's just a real, real what a life. And you know they're all like, uh, all everyone's sad. Everyone's sad in the house, and not because that they've been played for fools by their father. No, that's all in the past. <laughs> that's all in the past. They're just, I miss Mrs. Doubtfire. It's like I miss they have her a stories. Full conversation I about her. missing this fictional woman. I, I miss, miss the cooking. way she used the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the way she almost killed Pierce Brosnan, who's out of this movie. We don't know if they're still seeing each other. It seems like they're not. I imagine Pierce Brosnan <laughs> says, oh, good day, madam. I'll it's, see you later. It's because of this whole thing that Pierce Brosnan goes back to his wild pussyhound ways. <laughs> or he's dead. Or he does maybe die in the parking lot because the pepper is just so <laughs> far down his throat. <laughs> Deleted scene, Mrs. Doubtfire gives the eulogy of Pierce Brosnan's funeral. <laughs> On a nice San Francisco hillside. <laughs> I, miss, I miss Mrs. Doubtfire. I miss the will we, won't we talk to her about her raging alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the way she could really just put it away. <laughs> oh, I miss paying I miss paying my ex-husband for watching our children when I demanded he didn't. <laughs> That's fucking fraud, dude. You accepted money as somebody else. Yeah. For services you shouldn't have been providing. Yep. Also attempted murder. I don't know what to <laughs> tell you, Your Honor. I plead insanity. <laughs> yes. I'm just obsessed with putting cayenne pepper on things. I'm just crazy in love. When I was dusting that uh, shrimp with cayenne, that jambalaya <laughs> with cayenne pepper, I was dusting my children with love. This should end in Arkham. It's like you go, it's the, it's the fucking... Robin it's, Williams it's, would finally get to play the Riddler. <laughs> 
it's the long pan, and you got Two Face flipping a coin. Poison Ivy's like tending her plants. The Joker's playing solitaire, and Mrs. Doubtfire is having tea with the penguin. Exactly. That's the end of this movie that I want. That's really the end. But no. Uh, everyone missed her, and then they hear the voice in the other room, and this is what I expect, like, it's like, oh, hello, Didi, and everyone's like, you don't think. Run for the window. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's naked in the house. (laughs) Oh, hello, it's all time now. She's just, like, lightly grazing a knife along the wall (laughs) as she walks through the house. Let's all take our faces off, Didi. But it's Mrs. Doubtfire on the television and, you know, she's got her show and it's like really sweet and like it's Mrs. Doubtfire's afternoon and like it's an old lady's house and she's got a fucking monkey and it's great. (laughs) A little puppet monkey dressed up as Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) A monkey puppet who is kind of racist also. A monkey puppet who I believe Robin Williams is doing the voice of in a a ventriloquist (laughs) I just that talented. Yeah, I think it's either because you see the puppeteer, he like gives the puppeteer a high five when they call cut. But I think it's like it's supposed to be this puppeteer, but it's clearly just Robin Williams doing the voice of Kovacs, the monkey, who she says, like, next week we're going to learn all about England. Do you know anything about England? You know, what language do they speak? And the monkey says, Pakistani. (laughs) That's right, Kovacs. In many stores, they do. Cause sure, yeah, yeah, that's that's really Jeez. hilarious. Yeah. It's 1993, you know, we can still make those Let's jokes. Make a I guess. Danny joke. <sighs> it's horrible. It's so horrible. And it's the biggest thing in the world because everyone wants to watch their kids watch a man dressed up like a woman in 1993? Question mark. Not really at all. Uh, <laughs> I guess the Fox News Network didn't exist then. That might be true. Yeah. So that, that, that there was a little bit of a lull there. Right. I wouldn't have let uh, myself watch this show. No, it's it's well, it's creepy as fuck because. It's a scary mask that she wears. <laughs> let's, let's not mince words here. It's scary. And, you know, Sally Field shows up afterwards and, like, the TV manager's like, hey, we're a big hit. We're going to be in Seattle, San Francisco, you know, it's a, you know, Los Angeles, New York. It's everywhere. You're big, baby. You know? And, you know, then Sally Field drops in while they're taping. They have another bullshit blowout where everything gets thrown on her again. It does. She's like, he's like, you let them talk to me like that in that courtroom. How dare you? And I have people, I have supervised visits like a pervert. Like, of course you do. Because you are. You are one. You dressed up as another person and we're creating this whole fake life. You might as well be a pervert. Yeah. Talking to her about sex stories and whatnot, you're a pervert. I don't, nobody knows where it begins or ends, Robin Williams, so I'm sorry. <laughs> For a little while, you're going to have supervised visits with your kids, which you should be totally extricated from. And FYI. because, and because he chews her out on this sound stage of this children's show, the end of this movie is, well, I guess I am dog shit, says Sally Field to herself, and allows Robin Williams to be their babysitter, and that's the end of the movie. As man Robin Williams. Yes, yeah, yeah. The the door opens again, they mimic the same shot as when we're introduced to Mrs. Doubtfire, and you think it's going to happen again, but it's just Robin Williams in his costume from fucking Jack. Because <laughs> he just dresses like a fucking little boy when he's that's not... That's the sequel to this movie. <laughs> so you were trying to figure it out. <laughs> and, and all the kids are, like, kind of mildly disappointed, because they yeah. just want yeah, they're like, Doubtfire back. Oh, well, Dad, that's all right. I, I mean, so. we, ah, do, 
Now here's lot, the question. He does a lot more impressions when he's dead. <laughs> are they are they asking him to be Mrs. Doubtfire when he's just around his apartment? Oh, probably. Oh. That's really creepy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Listen, you know what, Dad? I don't want to see your face right now. I'm really mad at you. You better go just go full Doubtfire and we'll talk about Can this. Can we tomorrow. talk to Mrs. Doubtfire? <laughs> uh we'd like to talk to Mrs. Doubtfire, please. So Mrs. Doubtfire, my daddy's having some problems. <laughs> so uh listen, Dad, you might not think it's a good idea for me to go on birth control, but I was talking about it with Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> And she thinks it's a stupendous oh, idea. you were. Oh, well, I'll have to talk to her about that. <laughs> and then he just goes hey, in the room hey, and yells Chris. at himself. <laughs> Leave uh. me alone, Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. Why are you always nag, nag, nag? Oh, you're a fuck up you are. You'll never be a real man with that little willy of yours. Shut up, you old fat bitch. <laughs> and he's just going back and forth. Oh, well, I guess I guess you did say you could call it birth control. <laughs> Uh, would anybody recommend this movie? Uh, no, because it's longer than Star Wars. Let's uh, <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not forget that. And it's like kind of longer than most uh, Batman movies that I've seen. <laughs> uh, longer. longer than those pre-Nolan Batman movies. And I mean, it's Robin Williams. And it's really tough because he's Robin Williams. And he's talented. But he does some of the worst shit anyone could ever do because... Most of his starring vehicles just let him go. I actually think he's pretty good in Goodwill Hunting. I know people throw rocks at me about it. I think it's a good movie. I think he's good. I think in it's it. a good movie, sure. and I think he's great in it. And like that's a performance where like he's reined in because Gus Van Sant's like, you know what? Tone it the fuck down. You got your drama beard on. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> drama beard. Robin Williams. I can watch. I'm I can fine with it. it. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's what? It's uh, Mary Poppins meets Tootsie meets Gus Van Sant's Psycho. <laughs> Not and... Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. <laughs> Gus Van Sant's Psycho. But I, you know what I would say? Uh, you've all seen this movie, so we don't yeah. even need to say this to you. What I would highly recommend is that you don't go back and watch it again. <laughs> yep. Just let it be maybe, like, good. Kind of the yeah. same way you think about Liar Liar. Like, just let it... <laughs> Maybe have been really good. Yeah. Neither one of them are. Keep it in that liar liar box. Yeah, you don't need, you're right, you don't need adult confirmation on this one. Whatever you thought it was in the early 90s, that's what it is still. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Ah, yeah, total not recommend. It's worthless. Do not go check this movie out. Go watch Tootsie if you haven't seen that. That's a good movie. It is. It's a great movie. Where the main character who's doing the exact same thing isn't doing it for morally reprehensible reasons. Agreed. Oh, I agree. Uh, <laughs> agreed. 100%. I nodded my head for no good reason. That's not helpful. <laughs> That's Mrs. Doubtfire from 1993, directed by Chris Columbus. If you want to get a hold of us or find out more information about the show, you can check us out at whmpodcast.com. Like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. We are at whmpodcast. If you ever had your dad dress up as a woman and pretend to be a nanny because your parents got divorced, write into the mailbag. We all hate movies at gmail.com. Subscribe to this show and blame it on outer space in iTunes. We're also on Stitcher Radio. Rate and review wherever it is you get the show. We would greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much to everybody who called in for Listener Request Month. We'll do one again down the road. Let's just put it that way. And a couple of those always, if they don't make it to air, a lot of those things go in our brain and they kind of pop out as regular episodes. Yeah, most most importantly, look for episodes coming up where you're like, hey, I called that in. You probably did and we're just stealing your idea. (laughs) A month is a month. It's only four episodes, but we watch a lot of those movies, and we like a lot of those movies. It's yeah, totally. A- we, uh, we got another, like, six years in the bank for the show just from uh, this Listener Request Month round alone. So thank you very much again to everyone who called in. Until next week, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Zeta. Sean Weiner. Take it easy. Take it easy.